Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Life Happens with Liv. My name's Liv. I haven't done this in months, so bear with me. Um, <coughs> I barely know what I'm doing. But today we are joined with the amazing Michael. Michael is a character artist. They are from Oklahoma. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, um, hi. Uh, of course, Michael, the name, the game. Uh, character artist, good. Uh, that that covers it. Oh, lots of yellow. Visually, oh, not doesn't yeah. come across, but this so is, much yellow right this now. This is an audio medium, but every yeah. time I see Michael, they are wearing yellow, all yellow, and oh, I love yellow. it. It's beautiful. It's also perfect for the winter because like, ah, uh, I need I'm a pop color. Of color. Exactly. Yeah. Like I've been wearing more color because it's winter. You wouldn't tell by today, but I think about the camo and the knees. Yeah. All right. So Michael is a character artist. Their art is really cool. I will have their Instagram in the show notes so you can see all of their amazing art. Would you like to talk a little bit about how you got into like OC creation? I crazily enough, I would love to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um so both like my like my beginning as an artist and as like a OC creator was um when I was introduced to like fan art in general, um, specifically with like the amazing world of Gumball, my little sibling one day was like, oh my God, you need to see this awesome art that I found on the computer. And I was like, whoa, it like changed my like mind. Um, and I guess like when you really love a medium and you love like the characters, you want to add a character to that world. And um, and that's where I started off. It was like um, a fan character of, of like Gumball and Carrie's child, <laughs> which, oh God, if anyone was in that fandom at that time, so much happening but yeah it was just like this really shitty like half cat half ghost character <laughs> um and I'm so glad it stayed where it is is and I've never touched them ever since because not necessary but that's where like all began with me in general so so where did it go from there like how did it continue to build um it, it went from the amazing world of gumball characters to um it, for the most part, I started off with a lot of fan characters. Um, I didn't really understand how to make my own world, so I just fit them into other worlds. So like the Amazing World of Gumball, I think Divergent, at some point, um, the, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh had my so many. god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but eventually, I did make my own character um, based off of Art Block. Um, so it was a it was like this blue like fluffy tailed vaguely humanoid like character that would literally block the word art and oh my god the development of that character over the years is so interesting to like think like I think they really encompass how I've like I haven't touched them again in a while but like they encompass this idea of like learning character creation so art block whose I think current name or most recent name is actually Lundascam was like um like test tube creations made to literally protect royalty um, like gen like a uh, like like organic material royalty because uh, art, who whose name turned into Artie was like is like this organic being um, who's like meant to who's gonna grow up to be like the next king or whatever but like a king sort of like queen bees, um, like he might get killed off he might become the next king it sort of just depends on the government that they're in, and Lumdiscan uh, was like literally created to protect him like they're nothing but a number in this system. Um, but, like, Lundiscam, um, like, becomes conscious about, like, this, like, how fucked up this is. Like, they're literally making people to protect people that might end up getting murdered by the same system they might become the head of. So it's, like, um, they, they kidnap, essentially, this child um, and, like, are, like, living in the woods and, like, running from the government at every moment um, and, like, have, like, 
they're just like this wild character that's like illegal to exist. Um, and they originally were just like some doodle in my notebook that was nothing but like a way to not be bored. So it's like in that it, this is like progression over like maybe four years of creating that character. But uh, that's it's like it's like wild how it went from from zero to everything possible that I could have thought of that made a cool character. Yeah, it's crazy how much depth goes into them. Like, how do you come up with all of that? Uh, it's it's just a lot of daydreaming, honestly. Like, um, like on one hand, it like I still get inspiration from like uh, media that already exists, and then I take like I like sort of pick and pull like bits that I like, and then I sort of transform them into like a new character. So like. It, it really is just, like, linking pieces I already have and putting them together and, and building off of that. And uh, it's it's just a lot of danger. Yeah, that's so cool. You have, like, a very cohesive style now, I would say. Like, even though, like, all of the stories are different, you do have, like, a very... I don't know how to describe it, but, like, you have a style. And how did that, like, how did you develop that? Again, starting off, like, my earlier years, uh, a lot of, like like, fandom works, a lot of fan art, so, um, my first, like, style that I tried to replicate was The Amazing World of Gumball, and then, like, humans with Divergent, and then furries with Five Nights at Freddy's, so, like, I, I actually didn't start off doing humans, and now I do humans pretty exclusively, <laughs> yeah. like, even now in my usual style, I do, like, what almost looks like animal noses for the humans, Yeah. so that, like, definitely, it's just a lot of like, all styles are sort of just building and taking what you like and taking what you don't and and putting all those pieces together. Um, so how I got to the style now to properly answer that question is the taking, the building, copying other artists, and then realizing I don't like that, and then... Wow, not sure how to answer this question. I mean, it's a hard <laughs> question. Like, I don't even have a cohesive style within my art, but, like, I get it. I think... Um, because I, I want to be a cartoonist, or growing up, I've wanted to be a cartoonist, so it's really, like, pushing what you can to make a, an obviously unreal look with with people who are who are meant to, like, be not real people, but, like, real people in their universe. Yeah. Um, so just, like, trying to push things. Like, recently, um, I, I do noses, like, in the center of the face, but I've seen art where, like, in more cartoonish styles where, like, the noses are on the side, even though the eyes are face forward, and I tried that, and I thought it was interesting, but I was like, that doesn't really go with this idea of of possible but not real. Yeah. So I, like, booted that after, like, one drawing and <laughs> never... I did post it, but, um, but like, it, it's never going to show up again. So it really is just, like, picking and choosing and, and pushing specifically in a direction that you want to go in, and then like reevaluating thinking is that really what I like or does that just like look interesting for other people so what type of like story are you trying to tell through your art or is there one like is there a cohesive story or like stories throughout the characters yeah I think so um they're uh they're not stories per se so much as like like I love really down-to-earth OCs so like my OCs like my main OCs are like Colton and Prince and Spades and Jackson um, like they don't they have stories but they're like love stories and then after their love story ends with like you know a happy ending they're both these couples are married like it's just a continuation of their life because even though their love story is over like their lives still move on they still love each other um, I, I really just do like a sort of like romanticized like slice of life sort of 
doodles really is what I do. I just like think and I'm like, this is lovely. I want it down and seen. Yeah. So what do you do when you have like, or do you experience art block and what do you do when you have that? I experience art block so often. <laughs> um, when I do that, I just, I just doodle. My, um, my characters are like my comfort characters and their shapes. Oh, sorry to go back to another one. A lot of my style is also like it's developed off of what literally like because I'm autistic and so I stem and drawing is part of my stemming so my characters actually have like um like shapes in them that I just enjoy doodling um and so when I have art block I just use art as a stimming method rather than uh like actually creating something and then eventually I'll get thinking and then I'll be like okay here's a scenario that I want to get to um it doesn't always happen like as I'm drawing sometimes it takes a while to just doodle because it feels nice and mm. then doodling because I have an idea and then you know actually making that idea making a full piece which I don't do often but I I want to do more of and yeah just drawing to draw yeah do you want to further that how you want to like go into further finished pieces yeah uh I do a lot of like I pride myself on having like colorful colorful <laughs> pieces and but uh like when I when I can't sit down and focus like it's just like pen pencil on paper and it's like like they're fun it's fun to do but it, it just looks bland to me to not have color and things um I completely agree yeah it's like you, you, you gotta be an artist if you're gonna be an artist like like there are some people who like black and white is all they do and they make really wonderful pieces like I'm not pushing down black and art black and white art but being able to put color in like emotion and just like vibrancy into art is like really important to me. So um, like when I'm too busy with like life, I can't focus and sit down and put like markers on my paper. But when I'm in a good place in life, I, but like when I, when I can focus on putting color in my art, I like doing that. And like, it's very reflective, like in my Instagram account, cause that's like the only social media that I have. Like uh, when I'm not really able to do that, cause it's just like pen on paper, pencil on paper. But then as I'm like uh, able to actually sit down and and draw like you'll see more color art so that's what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah totally so what is like color mean to you within the context of art so you said like you do it based for emotions and vibrancy like do you have certain associations with like certain colors yeah uh color theory exists yeah I completely ignore it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, do you want to get into, like, the structure of, like, our classes and how we're taught color theory and, like, how you don't use color theory within your art? Well, for one, I use very cheap supplies. I don't believe that people need to, like, have really expensive supplies to be a good artist. I literally use, like, the 100 pack of Crayola markers. And so with that, it's, like, hard to do color theory anyways because it's such a limited, like, array of what you can work with. So, so... Like, it doesn't make sense to use a gray next to a red in order to make it look blue when you can just use a blue that, like, works in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and so learning color theory here, uh, one, a lot of it is, like, it's, like, digital. Uh, well, what I was learning, I know some classes are different, but, like, a lot of the things I was learning in terms of color theory was, like, digitally on the computer. And as somebody who is not, like, does digital art but doesn't do it nearly as often as traditional like that's not as important for me um and like just a lot of the things I was learning in class were like not counter counterintuitive to what I've learned in fact very adjacent to what I learned but so adjacent that it's like 
why switch to this similar method when the method I've already used for the last eight years worked so well for me anyways? Dang, eight years. Eight years, baby. Wild. So where do you see this going in the future? Like, how, how does being here now help you or progress you towards your future plans, or does it at all? Um, well, as... <laughs> I haven't been to, like, my classes in, like, a month now. So, um, and because I'm, like, focusing on going into finance, which is, like, what I actually mm-hmm. wanted to do before I made some wild decisions over the summer. <laughs> um... <laughs> Can we talk about how you didn't know Pratt was an art school? <laughs> I they had an architecture program specific like application and nowhere on it does it say Pratt's art institute or whatever and so I was like okay architecture school yay it's in New York my uncle lives there. <laughs> okay, so for context since like not all of you know Michael. Michael <laughs> So we both go to Pratt. Uh, we've been to, at Pratt for over two months now. Uh, Michael originally went into school for architecture. Uh, Pratt has a very intense architecture program, and then you dropped and switched to an undecided yeah. major, which means you're in the foundation classes, which is everyone else other than architecture, essentially. Thank so you. do you want to talk about your experience with that? Are you like comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, so the reason I went into architecture is because I wanted to go into finance, but I was nervous that I'd be too busy for art and finance. And so I was like, okay, so architecture is like, I want to go in finance mostly because of the math aspect. And architecture is like math and art. And it's like, okay, so I'll utilize both of my skills, go into this field that does like pretty well, all considered, and is like probably a job that's going to exist for a long time because buildings are always going to be. I mean, needed. buildings need to exist. Yeah, and so it's like, ever evolving. So job security. <laughs> um, And then when, so I got here, so I only applied to like three schools and two of them were for the architecture programs. And one of them was, of course, Pratt Institute. Um, But our architecture program is so intensive. Um, Not only is it intensive, but like you have to have money consistently to like keep buying the supplies nearly every week. And as a broke college student, that it was not Mm -hmm. very viable for me. So one, the work was just so intense, like day one and two, like financially not viable. Um, and so I, and it, like two weeks in, I was already stressing out so bad where like, I was already not going to classes and like jumping out in the middle of them. And so I was like, I don't have to do this to myself. I'll just go into undecided and then I'll decide if I want to continue at Pratt at all, or if I just want to go into finance, like I initially wanted. Um, and then when I went, got to the classes here, like, that's when I realized like, yeah, I bet this is valuable for a lot of people. I don't want to take that away from anyone. Like go to art school if that's what you believe is right for you. But as someone who like, doesn't want a, a career in art and who just like sees it as a hobby like I don't really need to know like what makes good art if for like the past recent years all I've done art for is myself mm-hmm. like I don't like as much as I like having an audience to look at my art like everything I do is for myself it's not for an audience it's not so people can like give me validation about it it's so that I can put what I want out on paper and so art school again as lovely as it is like it really is just not it's I guess especially in the first year when they're giving you the fundamentals like Mm -hmm. there's not really a lot of space to do just whatever you want um there's specifically class I was in where uh like uh, the teacher felt like she wasn't exactly teaching this specific aspect and so she told us to go back to our homework the night before and I just wasn't feeling it so I like added to the homework in a different way and she said she wanted me to continue with the lesson and I was like I can't 
because the lesson I feel is not relevant to any of my interests. And I feel like just pushing myself to do that isn't going to make this piece any more interesting. And so I had to like step back from it and just like ignore it because adding to that piece in a different way that wasn't part of the lesson was like not necessarily uh, encouraged in that space. So like sad. Yeah. So it's like the difference between like art school and your art. It's like they're so separate of entities that it's hard to like go to a place that isn't focused on what you're doing. Yeah. I'm a cartoonist and like this is a very... um. Not it's not a traditional school, but like they teach you traditional ideas about art. Yeah. At the very beginning, and it's hard to like be a cartoonist and a traditional or like a and a classical artist at the same time when you are not interested in classical art in any aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you like it's yeah that completely makes sense because going through the traditional when you already have your own style is yeah. kind of counterintuitive. If Very. like you already have an idea of what you want to do, how do you see your art expanding in the future? Do you want to continue doing it for just yourself? Like I'm, I I keep telling myself I'm gonna open up commissions um, because like people like cartoon art like it's, yeah it's it. People are very, like, attracted to developed styles. Yeah, like, like yeah. things that are very unique. And I, I like to think that I have a, a relatively unique style. So, like, I keep saying, like, open up commissions, open up commissions. People will buy from you. But I'm like, eh, that's, that feels like a lot of work. I gotta just, you know, hang out and get a job or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how does, like, a, so you mentioned this earlier, how, like, you're not, like, you don't find value in outside validation to towards your art, right? Like, yeah. you're not making it for anyone else. Does, like, so you have a platform, you have an Instagram, how, like, does posting on there and getting feedback from people or getting interaction from people, like, serve you in any way? Or is it merely just to, like, have a cohesive image in one place of what you do? Sort of, sort of just having a cohesive image. Like, um, before this, I had a Tumblr, before that I had a DeviantArt. So I've always been, like, on, uh, like, social media platforms where art tends to like thrive or is meant to be there. Um, Instagram not necessarily is one of those things, but I didn't want to have a Tumblr anymore. That's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. So it really is just to have like one place of everything. Like even before DeviantArt, I always wanted to just like have a place where I could like upload everything I've ever drawn and just sort of like, again, for myself, like see where I've changed and like what I've added and what I've always kept. Like I've looked back at art, like, from my, like, DeviantArt days and been like, oh my god, I still do that thing that I did in this DeviantArt piece. And, like, that's incredible. So it, it's really just, like, a, like an archive for myself that I guess is just open for the public to mm -hmm. look through. Yeah, that's super interesting. So you have jumped from so many social medias. Like, do you want to get into, like, what has changed or what has, like, attracted you to different sites? I mean, it's sort of just like the, the train. I was on DeviantArt because of the Amazing World of Gumball, and then when I got into Five Nights at Freddy's, I saw a lot of people saying, like, they're moving over to Tumblr, and so I was like, okay, I'll look at Tumblr, and then there is, like, a period of time in, like, 7th to 8th grade where, like, all I ever did was look at Tumblr, and, like, it wasn't that great for my mental health, and so I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to get off of Tumblr. I'm going to go on Instagram. Nobody uses Instagram for art. <laughs> Um, and that's sort of where I am right now. Um, just like I'm on Instagram. I don't, I interact with other artists, but like beyond that, it's like nobody else really, like it's not an addictive platform for me. Mm -hmm. So, which is funny cause I am still on my phone every day, all day, but like mentally, like Instagram doesn't bring me down the same way Tumblr would with like mm -hmm. doom scrolling and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, that's better for me. Yeah, boundaries. That's yeah, boundaries. dope. Yeah. So you mentioned like interacting with other artists. Do you like find value within having like an artist's community or how has like the a community influenced you? 
Like, so when I say I don't, like, crave for validation when I post my art, like, I mean sort of about my art itself, but, like, when people talk about, like, my characters and they're like, like, oh, I love seeing your characters or, like, yada yada this, yada yada that, like, specifically about the characters themselves and not my art, like, that is very fulfilling. And so having, like, a community of artists where, like, the focus isn't necessarily on the art itself, but what the art presents, like, that, I think, is very useful to have and to, like, grow because it's not based on like skill or talent but just based on like appreciation being able to appreciate other people's art mm-hmm. and having it appreciated in the same way is like that makes me happy i like yeah. having that yeah yeah because i mean a lot of inspiration comes from other artists like you said like your kind of like origination stories yeah. from like other artists and like other fandoms and stuff like that so at the beginning of this you mentioned you wanted to talk about shrek yes. do you want to get into that oh my god i want to get into shrek so bad um so this is sort of separate from my style and more on character development. I, like, like obsessively think about... Well, I don't want to say obsessively, but, like, consistently, like, I think about characters. Um, like, for example, like, when I mentioned, like, Spades and Jackson earlier, they're, they're just, like, like, middle-aged men that I just, like, build into... Like, I want them to be, like, realistic people, personality-wise, maybe not, like, again, not style-wise. And so, like consistently I just think of like what makes a person a person and like add on to them and Shrek is um sort of where this idea that like little things are what make the character a character like a like a real like beating heart character so like um Shrek uh throughout like the movies he's always going through like a lot of his journey is emotional like every journey he has is emotional and the first journey it was learning that like being lonely isn't necessarily like a great thing to be when there are people out there who can care for you. And then with the second movie was like, you don't have to be perfect or even like seen by society as perfect to be loved. And then the third movie, okay, the third movie is something we don't have to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but the, the, I, actually, it's so unmemorable. I literally watched it like a week ago and I still don't remember anything about that movie. So we don't have to talk about it. And then Shrek the Fourth, or Shrek Forever After, it's um, it's a movie that a lot of Shrek enthusiasts like to dunk on because, like, it's not that necessary of a continuation, but it is, like, an emotional journey of realizing, like, when you progress emotionally and mentally and you're a better person, there are going to be days where you want to be a bad person again. You want to be scary or like you want to be feared or for like uh as like the way i related to it is like when you're healing uh specifically like from depression and anxiety there are going to be days where you want to be sad because otherwise you might not feel anything and sometimes like feeling anything at all is better than not um and so like uh just he the emotional journey that he goes through and all the little pieces that make him a character um and like who he is specifically are just so interesting to me and like the way that Shrek writers have developed him into like a like a like a being despite being an animated ogre is like what I really want to express in my own character development is like emotional journeys that feel satisfying because there's not necessarily there's not necessarily like an ending but there's um like a a conclusion that that really makes the journey feel like a journey yeah so does this coincide with your art at all? Has, like, your love for Shrek, like, influenced your art? I, maybe. I think my love for Shrek's, like, again, has more influenced the character development, and character development, like, heavily influences yeah. my art. So it's, like, indirectly, but it is a, a direct chain. So it's connections. Uh, yeah. Like, um, 
so like recently I've updated again Spades and Jackson. You'll notice I talk about them so much. So you feel no, my I love them so much. Character. Yeah, Thank you so much. Um, like the way I draw them, I wanted it to reflect their personalities more. Um, because I like recently also updated like personalities to again make them more of like a, a real person while still being like a recognizable character. So, like Spade specifically, like uh, his whole life journey, which oh my god, his whole life journey. I love these characters. Like his whole life journey ultimately ends with him becoming like, like sort of like a straight laced but like down to earth person. Be like who's easy to talk to. He's like open about who he is. He's um, he's an incredibly, like, caring person, um, but he's also sort of, like, he's, like, a cool gay uncle at the same time, and so I wanted him to, like, almost, like, when you look at him, like, have, like, hippie vibes, because that's sort of, ultimately, all those pe- all those pieces of him kind of make, like, a hippie-adjacent person, and so I was like, okay, how do I make him look more hippie-ish, and it's like, like, uh, he's got, like, a rosary and bracelets and, and, like, covering his arms and, like, cool tattoos, but also, like, he just wears, like, a tank top around and baggy jeans that, like, don't fit him at all. <laughs> and he just, like, what he just looks like a laid-back person, and so, like, that development of his character was translated into his physical looks. Like, as most, like, cartoon characters mm-hmm. are, you look at them, you understand who they are. Yeah, so you talk about how much, like, you love these characters, and it's so obvious you have such, like, a deep connection with, like, your creations. Yeah. How has created OCs like influenced you as a person or like your life um oh interesting um I don't know because I I definitely feel like it's always the other way around my life directly influences my characters yeah I don't doubt that there have been like times where because like my characters are a huge projection of who I am I have definitely like cared for myself through my characters I think like um like, one of my characters, Jackson, is autistic, and, and like, I, I've, um, like, projected, like, having autistic breakdowns onto them, but then I've also, like, projected that self-healing onto them. I guess it's easier when you project on a character and you want them to heal, you want yourself to heal as well, and so, like, like uh, whenever I'm on, like, the like verge of like having a shutdown, I think, like, I, I genuinely think to myself, like, okay, like, how would Jackson take care of this? And then... I, I, so I guess that is a bit more of yeah. like a direct like uh, connection like that affects my life like okay they would you know like do this thing and I'm like maybe that's not necessarily what I would do but I can find like a reflection of that for myself and and like wow interesting okay so that's, that's so that's amazing who I am. yeah no cool. that's so cool yeah so I guess we could talk about the reverse now so how do your life experiences and identities like influence your art? Uh, it's it's like connections, like character development develops the art style and so mm-hmm. forth. So like in my own life, again, like a lot of my characters are projections of myself, like Spades is trans, Jackson is autistic, Colton and, and Prince are also autistic, but they're gay, but they were closeted and it's like, um, so it's like different fragments of your story. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if anyone looked at my characters for too hard, they'd like know exactly who I am. Which yeah, that yeah. I think that's everyone's art though. Yeah, it's so just true. sometimes more coded than others. Yeah, me, I'm a little bit too. Nah, I'm not even gonna say that. I'm just very open about it. I, yeah. Because I mean, I think if anyone asked me myself, like to my face, like, hey, you want to talk about these experiences? I'd be like, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Um. So like, I guess I guess my not like an open invitation, but my OCs are, like, like just open about what I who I am because, like, those I put myself into them. So, well, for one thing, like, as a... I'm, like, I'm, like, a, 
like a, a festival of minority categories. So um, uh, my art is, uh, I think, um, a way to to bring the minorities I am into the open, like give them recognition, but also make not make not only make people aware of them, but like accepting of them. Um, so like I'm again, like I'm very open about the aspects of my character because I'm very open about the aspects of myself. And so when I when I say like this character is autistic, this character is trans, this character is gay, and so on and so forth, it's because it's like although people might know about these things, they might not know about like the the way they actually affect like the people who who are those things um especially with like being autistic um anytime uh i make like a piece that is explicitly about autism i like tell people the experience and then maybe like i tell them a way they can handle it maybe not necessarily like to their face like if this ever happens to you like here's how you handle it but like through my art when my characters are dealing with it like that can be like someone can use that and and see how it like happens in their own life whether personally or with other people it's like uh i just like make what i think needs to be made and hope it gets seen by that if it gets seen at all yeah no that's so such like a beautiful way to raise awareness to different things so maybe we could dive a little deeper into like so what type of messages are you trying to send through your art and what do you want people to gain when they see your art uh I, well, for the most part, I want people to, to like, know that people can be happy and gay. I guess, like, I think very, if, if we're going to just, like, baseline, like, you can be gay and happy. That's so important to me as, like... Yeah, because that's not shown in art, like, no. at all. It's always just brutality and, like, it's horrible like, no, things. Fine, but don't love that, don't love that. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, like, even though, like, gay people are becoming more represented in the media... Like one, it tends to be cis gay men, cis white gay men, or like um, like cis lesbians specifically. Like a lot of cis people. A I, lot of I, cis white people. A lot of cis white people. <laughs> um, and so like I like that's great. I'm not gonna take that away from cis white people. But like I'm a I'm a like a trans Mexican autistic person. Like you don't see that specific arrangement of characteristics, like at all ever in the media. And so I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna make a trans autistic gay Mexican or like a non gender non-conforming trans man like that's also important to me that's also you don't see that in media so like when people see my stuff I like one like gay people can be happy two gay people can be anyone um three gay people are like like they can not they don't have to be what the media you consume of of cis white gay people like it's not the same like journeys mm -hmm. are different like I just want you to look at my arm and be like okay cool anyone can be gay anyone can be happy anyone can be anything and live a wonderful life and that's so like effective because i can totally tell that through your art and it's such like a beautiful and powerful thing and such like a necessary thing and like i think it's so cool the way in which you convey that message through like such a particular style and like just like it's art is so vulnerable and just so the vulnerable. way like you do it with such compassion and like on like it's just so amazing to see and i love Thank it you. But, like, to specify, like, Colton and Prince are, like, are two, like, autistic gay men living in, like, the 60s. But, like, none of their story is about, like, heartbreak or experiencing homophobia. Like, they experience homophobia. It's the fucking 60s, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, a lot of what I depict of them is, like, living happy lives despite having to be closeted to the general public. Like, I, I want people to, like, even, even though there are difficulties, like, gay people find ways to thrive. And that's, it's so important to me that... 
especially like other like especially for like closeted gay people to know that like you can still live a happy life even if even if maybe the circumstances aren't necessarily the happiest like you can be you can thrive in in hardship that's awesome yeah so do you want to get deeper into like a particular set of your ocs like do you want to go into one of them spades is my pride and joy so he uh is the husband of jackson jackson i love jackson as well but he's he has a little bit less of uh, development which is fine not all people need to go through development like sometimes people are just cool people from the beginning but like um like so spades uh when he was younger he fell to like a lot of peer pressure in middle school specifically so um he like started like like drinking and like doing drugs like when he was like 13 and uh he like he he really went through like a very difficult time in his earlier years and like by the time high school rolled around like he he dropped out he was uh with like an abusive partner uh and he was also, uh, Spades is trans, so he was also going through, like, this horrific, like, gender crisis that was amplified by, like, not really being sober, not really being safe at any given moment. And so, um, like, then, like, uh, I'm, like, try not to be, like, too overly graphic because I don't, it's not always, the things that I explore in my characters aren't necessarily my place to, like, like, not necessarily my place to be an advocate for, if that makes sense. Um, and so, like, again, not to be too graphic, but he went through, like, a, a pretty traumatizing event, um, which eventually led to his recovery, um, almost, like, forcefully, because his family was like, you can't go back to that place that you were in, we, like, we literally will physically not allow it, and so, like, uh, he, like, uh, very begrudgingly went through therapy, very begrudgingly, um, started learning about, like, what it means to be transgender and gay as a transgender man, um, and so, like, for, like, beyond his teenage years into, like, earlier adult, adult life, he was, like, uh, very, he was a very aggressive, overprotective person who, like, didn't really open up about himself, who was just, like, who just, like, was, who blocked out the world because he had been hurt by it previously, and now that he was able to recognize it, like, he clearly doesn't want that to happen again, but then, um, as he, like, goes to college through a program that's like meant to help like recovered uh addicts and things like that um he like has to be sociable he's going to a college now if he wants to and he like didn't finish high school so he's on a he's there like with a GED and he didn't have that that time to like properly learn these things uh for like the period of time that you learn things in high school or you know um and so in order to like continue progressing in life even if not like emotionally or mentally but just like fiscally he like had to be sociable and had to learn how to interact with people and as he does that like he he heals emotionally he heals mentally more than just like going to therapy because therapy is great but it doesn't always help with when, it come, when like if your therapist is not there like you can't just block out the world um, and so as he like becomes a better person, not like a better person, but as he like heals, cause mm -hmm. I mean, people who like are recovering are not like bad people, obviously, obviously, uh, like as he like heals and, and, and just like opens up to the world again, like you can see how he's like, how his character shines. Like he cares about people. He wants what's best for like the people around him, but it's scary to be vulnerable like that. Um, and, and his progression is really just, like, learning to accept the world again, like, even the, like, the dark parts of it, like, the hardships of it and all that. 
Um, and eventually he becomes like a person who, who helps teens who are maybe struggling with peer pressure or teens who are struggling with addiction, um, uh, like specifically, but he's also there for like trans teens and gay teens. Like he's a, he's a teacher when he's older. So like he's in a place where he's very easy, it's very easy to like be the helping hand that he didn't have when he was in that same place. And he's, he's like, it's, it's a bit more than that, obviously, than what I've said, which is crazy because I said a lot anyways. <laughs> yeah, I got so <laughs> lost in that. That's just, it like feels like a real person. Like it feels yeah. like you're just describing like the life of like a real person. A real person. Like, and that's so incredible how deep you can go into it. And there was something you mentioned about how like you have to toe the line of making sure you're not advocating or exploring things that like you personally can't advocate for because you haven't experienced that so how do you create that boundary and like toe that line by sort of keeping it vague like being honest like he he was an addict right Mm -hmm. but I'm not being like oh yeah he was into this into this and into this and these are his experiences with like those things because it's like I don't have those experience Mm -hmm. and truth be told like I don't very often go to like people who have firsthand experiences where they're like on the internet or like in person to learn about them and until I do that, like, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to say anything specific about, like, those experiences, because mm-hmm. generally it's just, like, I don't know, it's not my place to say. So, yeah. like, yeah, he was a, he was, like, he was an addict, but, like, and he, re- he was an addict and he recovered. And, like, that's really all you need to know is, mm-hmm. like, he, he got to a better place. He surrounded himself with people that would support that. And, like, that's the important part of it. Is yeah. That eventually, like, he, he, he healed from it. Yeah, that's, that's just, it's just so interesting to hear you talk about all of this and, like, explore this, because it's something I have, like, no awareness of, because I'm not, like, a caricature artist, and it's just so incredible. I love stuff like this so much, so. This is already a delight for me, because I don't very often, like, this, this stuff is literally racing through my head, like, at the drop of a hat, I could start talking about it, but most people aren't wearing hats to drop, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know, I, I can't, I, I really care about the characters I develop, like, they mean so much to me as a part of me, so, uh, I don't know, just being able to work on them and, and that, and also that kind of being me that I'm working on, that's fun, that's lovely, I love that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, this was absolutely amazing, I feel like you could have talked for, like, forever more, I like, have. and I, it's just so amazing, again, um, Michael's art Instagram will be linked in the show notes. You better go check it out because like, also like, I feel like that would provide a lot of context to what we've covered in this episode. So definitely go check that out. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you doing this. I mean, I don't know. This was just so amazing. So thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. It was very fun. I was very excited. Hello, 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 Liv from the future speaking. I just wanted to thank you so, so much for being here and listening to this podcast. I was such an honor and such an amazing experience to interview Michael, and thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Uh, Make sure to check out Michael's Instagram. It will be in the show notes, and make sure to check out my YouTube. I am uploading twice a week, and all of my other socials will be linked below, but thank you so much for being here. Episodes are coming hopefully weekly, but I have a lot of interviewees lined up, and I can't wait to share with you guys this new chapter of the podcast, so I will see you guys very, very soon, homies. Bye!